Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, really the best way to describe this person as my everything, it's at Eric Delala. Phil, I liked that intro. Thank you very much. Is that a new, that's a new one? No, I tend to do that every single episode. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah. Being the people like that. I think so. They appreciate it when I call you my everything. Yes. You know why? No complaints. Why? It's because it's honest. <laughs> right. You know, it's true. You're like Melvin Gordon. You get up here and you're honest. Boy, Melvin, uh, it pains him to say that uh, he's going to have to be sharing the load and, and not just that, but maybe Javante is ahead of him. He, it's just... You can hear the strain coming out of his mouth. He's a competitor, man. He is. And I appreciate that. Of course. It wouldn't be right if he was just like, yeah, I don't care. Right. So I, I appreciate Mel. He always keeps it real. One of these days, I'll do the intro, and you'll just have to realize that kind of I'm the lead guy, and it'll pain you. I'll hear the pain in your voice, but we're not at that point yet. We're co-hosts. Yeah, but you you get to do a little bit more. I don't think so. I just I'm always I competing. I'm always competing. You would take it. I'm competing for <laughs> for the Air intro. Time. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, that's news to me. I did not know that. Dang. Okay. Wow. Learn something new. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you know you gotta have that focus, that mindset. Otherwise, I'd just show up here. I'd, I'd mail it in. Mail it in. I'd give some bad takes and I'd go home. Yeah. You know the thing, Phil, about me, I don't ever go home. That's true. You stay here all I the time. I stay here all yeah. the time. The um, thing about a running back, though, is uh, how long is the average career? Short. Yeah. So if if you're not the guy, you know, you're like, okay, how many more years? He said that he still has a lot of juice left in the tank. Yeah. Probably better in terms of the number of years that a running back can play to share carries. But I don't know that you'll ever get that monster contract if you don't have the, the big the seasons. Guy. Yeah. How many big seasons do you have left? Me? Yeah. This is it. In the tank. This is the last one for yeah. you. Wow. Yeah. It's like the last dance or something. Wow. Is no, somebody I'm... filming this? <laughs> Behind the scenes. We Eric got, we got six cameras over here. Yeah. 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 What would they find out about you? I can't reveal that. That's coming up in episode. Yeah. I think that's episode three. I have seen Tim Grover walking around here, so maybe if you order a pizza. It's true. It'll be just like the last dance, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Walk, walk away a champion. Eric, uh, on this episode of The Neutral Zone, uh-huh. we are going to talk about the importance of preseason football and whether or not someone like, say, I don't know, somebody like... Um, Kareem Jackson. I was going to say Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. Does he need to play in the preseason? Oh, got it. We're going to get into Does he need to or should he? A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of both. Makes you wonder. A little I like bit. that. I mean, yeah, just some, some good topic of conversation. Yep. So uh, that'll be our main focus on this episode. But, you know, Eric, one of the nice things about the neutral zone, it is an interactive experience. There's so many nice things. You know, we are here, but really it's all about it's You're all here, too. Yeah, we're all. Yeah. It's sort of like. Yeah. Tom Magnetti's wife is here. How I thought, like, we are co-hosts. Zach with us. He's baby is doing well. Doing he, well. He called in. Yeah. We've got some voicemails. This yep. Week. So we're going to get back to voicemails. We got a bunch of them. A bunch. We'll wow. play them. Yeah. Okay. We're going to play them right on the air here. Okay. So uh, how do people do that? You call in to 707 Neutral. You leave a voicemail right there. 
You don't have to talk to anybody. No. Well, you gotta you gotta speak words, but you, you have to speak, but you don't have to talk to, to like not anybody. a person. You just talk to yourself. Yeah. While the phone's automated, going. Automated. Automated. Yeah. Like maybe some people are like, I don't want to talk to Ben Swanson. <laughs> Many people are saying that they don't want to talk to him. So initially, that's how we had it set up, where Ben Swanson would just pick up the phone at any ben? time. Hey, yeah. be like, hey. This is Ben. I'm painting. What, yep. How can I help you? Yeah, I'm doing a nice watercolor. And people didn't like that. No. So now you don't have to do that. We did some surveys. They said they don't like Many that. Many surveys. No, it's automated. Twitter polls. Yeah. You can also leave an email, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Just do a little typey type. That's what I do for my job. Yep. You could do that to leave a uh, an email for us. And we got a few of those. We did. We're going to read them. Big John J. Big John J. Coming through. Reached out. Yeah, we got a few that we'll get to. Yeah, you could uh, tweet us directly at Eric Delello on Twitter, yep. at Phil Milani with a PH. Those are non-traditional spellings. Yeah, kind of odd. Yeah. I don't know what our parents were thinking. At Broncos Podcast. Is it Broncos Podcast? Broncos Podcast. Cats. Podcasts. Not a cast guy. Yeah. Cats guy. Broncos Podcasts. Yeah, Broncos Podcast. Follow it. Got it. Yeah, and then the other way... You're going to be the first. (laughs) The other way, yeah, you could get in touch with the show, one of my favorite ways. Yeah, you did. Leave a comment there on the YouTube page. Yep, smash that subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. Boop, 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 boop. Kind of sets an alert for you, and then you... Sounds really good. Yeah, and then you'll know every time a new, a fresh episode of the Neutral Zone drops. Yeah, we get any good comments? We got some comments to get to here, yeah. Jonesy Gaming. Josie? Like Josie Jones, Jewel? No, Jonesy. Oh, Jonesy. Okay. Yeah, he says Eric. He spells it A-I-R. I like that. Rick. Has to be a good co-host and tell Philly that he has a horn in his hair before they go live. I'd feel so betrayed if I was Philip. And he did spell Philip correctly with two L's. I read which that. Which is the real way. I read that comment several times. I still don't know what it means. I think that a, a horn, horn is like a, when a swoop. Oh, I got a little bit of curl. You got there. a lot going on. I, there is a lot going on in there. Yeah. We don't have enough so, time. Yeah. If if every time that was going on. Yeah, we'd be in trouble. We'd have, never record. We would not be able to record. No. I don't have the time in my life to straighten my hair like you do. <laughs> yeah. You know this is I mean? unnatural. Nah, I think you straighten it. And you dye it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we don't tell just a little just for I do a little touch of gray. Yeah, touch of gray. But no, like, I don't have any gray. Yeah. You do like a little I'm bit. I'm still in my red, youthful, exuberant a red phase. In there. Uh, Jose Segura. Classic commenter. Love the podcast. Broncos country needs eyes and ears into the Broncos facilities at all times. You two are a part of that, along with Sydney. Who? Sydney. I don't know. No, we're just getting Sydney sure Jones. Jones. Our dear friend. Broncos now. Broncos shout now. Out Broncos shout now. out. Now I got to shout out the neutral zone when I go on. Yeah. Broncos now. She only lets me on like maybe once a week. That's the. That's because I'm a little too crazy. That's the court mandated allotment. <laughs> yeah. My my representation said he'll only do it one a week. Oh, that was it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what they said. Walt Spencer, let me just say it. I love these two goofballs. Both are thoughtful and silly and rather bright. I always appreciate their perspectives and their humor. The only sketchy element about this show is Uh-oh. Phil's tragic hair. Ooh. 
It was a really good comment. Well, well, there's a fine line between being called a goofball, which I think is endearing, and being called a clown. Yeah, goofball is nice. Oh, yeah. You want to be a goofball. But the, there's, you clown know. Clown kind of has a level of uh, you don't know what you're doing. Like, but the difference between if you're like, oh, that guy's a goofball and that guy's a clown, it's, it's tight. Feels yeah. like we're bordering on the edge of clown. No, no, no. no. Okay. We're goofballs. Oh, yeah, but it feels close to me. Um, Hunna 3000. A couple <laughs> of strong hairlines on this pod. Nice sweater, Eric. Air. Are they wearing a sweater? I think maybe you were wearing some sort of a pullover or something. Oh. Yeah, last week. Today I just got a nice... Checkered. Yeah, a little, uh, little button down. You kind of are a little more dressed up than I am. Well. That never happens. Yeah. I don't know what's going can't, on. Can't uh, show off these calves. You got to work on the calves a little yep. bit. Uh, David Estrada, your hair is always on point, Phil and Eric. No, sorry. Your hair is always on point, Phil. Uh-huh. Eric, your hair is great also. <laughs> Perfect. A lot of hair comments this yeah, week. Yeah, a lot of hair comments. I think um, uh, Roberta Mallory, Phil is the normal spelling. No, is, incorrect. That is not true. Um, Captain More Talking. More Talking. That's what we. More Talking. We love that. I just noticed Phil sounds like Groucho Marx. Anybody oh, hear that too? Wow. Okay, and then the last comment that we want to uh, get to here. Well, maybe two more. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm looking for a comment of my own. This is Astro Punch. Okay. I definitely have a beer with Phil. That's the one I was looking for. Kind of nerdy looking. Wouldn't get any girls hanging out with him, but he's good value. He's good value. What? What? I think that that's a good comment. Nerdy looking? That's a good comment. I don't know. It's a good comment. The girls? I mean, I don't Tom Magnetti's wife is, she, she might get She's, away in. Yeah. <laughs> My wife might want to weigh in, you know? Yeah, your wife doesn't listen yeah. to this show. No, she <laughs> she's, a, she's very busy. <laughs> okay, and then uh, the last one here is the Shaw Rock. Okay. Can you guys discuss the potential hypothetical trade of Roquan Smith? Ooh. Even though it's not likely. Eric, go ahead and take that one. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't think it's likely. Um, the Broncos don't have the draft capital to do it because, of course, they've given up their first and second rounder next year. So you'd have to do maybe a first or second rounder in 2024. Don't see George Payton doing that. Um, you'd have to maybe trade a player to get that done, like a high-caliber player, you know, Jerry Judy, Bradley Chubb, or a couple names floated on some local talk shows, local radio shows. Um, the big reason it's not going to happen is because of the contract. Roquan is due a contract extension, which is part of the reason he's demanding a trade because he's saying the, Bla- the Bears don't want to play ball. Um, I think with an impending Russell Wilson contract, you might have to pay Bradley Chubb if he plays well. Draymond Jones is going to be a free agent. Uh, Jerry Judy, obviously, coming down the pike at some point. I don't see it paying an inside linebacker that much money. I think they like Josie Jewell. Um, they like Jonas Griffith. Before he suffered his injury, he should be back. And, Phil, I don't mean to be harsh, but that, that position inside linebacker compared to some other positions, maybe not worth the value there. Yeah. 
So he's trying to get a new contract with the Bears. Yes. Uh, they haven't been able to agree on anything. He put out on social media that he'd like to have a trade. He said it was insulting. Yes. And then, uh, he hasn't been uh, offered any realistic talks in terms of a He a said it would contract. hurt the entire inside linebacker market, market if he took the contract. Yes. And uh, so he asked to be traded. Yes. So that obviously started a lot of speculation everywhere. Love I'm speculation. I'm sure every single team was like, how can we get Rogan? Yeah. You know. Great player. A uh, really good player. I just think the Broncos are probably, like you mentioned, in a position where they are not ready to invest in that spot quite that much, and they don't really have anything to acquire him. Two negatives there in terms of getting him. Yeah, exactly. So uh, – that's how I would uh, answer yeah. that. So, uh, Eric, I think we spent some time there on the YouTube comments. That that shows look like we're dedicated. Dedic- yeah, of course we're dialed we're in. They they matter to us, so please leave a comment if you'd like to, uh, you know, get on the show. Be absolutely, a part of it. absolutely. Be a part of it. And with that, let's uh, jump into our first topic of conversation here, Eric. Or really, our main only topic. topic. Yeah, our, our only topic here, and that is, should Russell Wilson be playing in the preseason? No. I agree with you. All right. That's going to do it for us. Right. Thank you for joining for us. For Eric Dalla and Phil Milani. You've been like, no. Um, no, you shouldn't play. The potential risk far outweighs the reward. I mean, even if he goes in and plays, you know, whether it's a quarter, whether it's a half, he's going to play 30 plays at most. Um, it's not worth 30 plays or 15 plays or 20 plays or whatever. The chance of him breaking his hand on a helmet, him stepping wrong, him getting hit by a defender and hurting himself, not worth it. Um, I would say in general, not worth it for really any starter to play anymore. Obviously, four guys played against the uh, Cowboys, and Jonas Griffith suffered an injury that's going to keep him out four to six weeks. So Second play of the second game. Second play of the game. You can see how quickly something can happen. Um, the Broncos, Phil, I think are very good. With their starting 22, you know, they're 11 on each side. I do think there are depth questions at a lot of positions. And so the longer you can avoid those questions, the better. I agree. Like, uh, heading into the first game, I thought, okay, we don't know for sure how Nathaniel Hackett feels about this. He's um, indicated that he's not a really big fan of preseason games. So he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. And, but he never said for sure, okay, Russ is not playing. The main starters are not playing. Right. He never said that. So I thought maybe there was a chance that, like, it's Russell Wilson's first game in Denver. Maybe he'd go hand it off a couple times. Maybe throw a deep shot one time just to ensure. Moonball. Nobody's around him. Moonball. Moonball. And and maybe just as a sort of a, hey, I'm I'm in Denver now. Uh, And I think that he did some of that by – Wearing his uniform for the entire game. Yeah, only only guy it? who did not play to wear his uniform. What do you think about that? I like I like the message that sends to the other guys. I'm not saying that it's a bad message from the guys who didn't do it, but for your team leader to wear his uniform, warm up with you, I think if you're a backup player, that says okay, he he cares about me too. He's not just worried about the starters. And, and when I say full uniform, at the end of the game when he went to do handshakes, his pads were still on his body. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that He did a jersey swap. Yes. I saw two. Two jerseys, jerseys. yeah. I don't know where the second one came from. 
man. Where did it come from? He, maybe he was wearing two jerseys. He gave one to Trayvon Diggs. You think he was wearing two jerseys? And one to Michael Parsons. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Does, has Trayvon Diggs done enough to deserve a Russell Wilson jersey? Ooh. Well, he led the NFL in interceptions last year, right? And getting toasted, right? That might be a conversation for wow. a different pod. Wow. Michael Parsons, what has he done? He was an all-pro in one defensive rookie of the year. Um, I I just I've never seen somebody wear their pads the whole game. I've seen it where they wear the jersey. Yeah. No pads underneath. Yeah. A lot of the other Broncos stars were just wearing t-shirts. Uh huh. It was raining. So raining. And and I think I think it kind of makes me think like does Russ sleep in his jersey? You know, uh, he practices with a full. The pants. Jersey on. Yeah, the pants yep. on. No shorts. I've never seen that before. Yep. It's just interesting. Yep. I wonder I wonder if we've strayed from wonder. the topic. Okay, anyway. Anyway, I thought maybe okay, he he went out did the warm-ups. That was sort of what his ode to the fans were like, "Hey, I'm in Denver. Yep. You come see me warm up." Uh, but then after that, no, I don't need to see him play. Because when I think about it, Eric, what are you actually gaining? A couple of live reps doesn't really do anything for me. I doubt that it would do anything for someone like Russ. I doubt that it would do anything for most of the starters. If you're saying, okay, they need to work on their chemistry, that's what practice is for. And the bottom line is when you look around the rest of the league, uh, a a guy like Zach Wilson has a knee injury. He's out there running around outside of the pocket. Jalen Hurts is getting blasted when he's out of bounds for no reason. So – uh, I do think there's some football purists who are probably like, no, you need to get you need to get hit a little bit. You need to feel that. You need to. There's something real about being in the stadium. I, I don't buy into it. I think that there's a smarter way to get ready for the for the regular season. Yeah, and I, you know, as we're recording this, Nathaniel Hackett has not said what his plan is for Buffalo. There's still a chance, I guess, that Russell Wilson could play a little bit. I'd be really surprised. Yeah. And I also think that if he doesn't play this week. He's not going to play against Minnesota. Like, what is the point no. of – if you're not doing it – there's a theory, right, with preseason games. You do a little bit at the beginning, then you do a little bit more, then you do the third one. It's kind of like a dress rehearsal, and then you ramp back down ahead of the regular season. Because yeah. there's no time to get right. heal up if something were to happen. And so if there's – if you're not doing the first two stages of that, I don't see why he would just then, like, play 15 snaps against Minnesota. No. So in my mind, if he doesn't play this weekend, he's not going to play. And I would say the same thing with the majority of starters because, really, the only reason that Jonas Griffith and uh, Albert Okwebunam and, um, man, who else was out there, Calvin Anderson, the only reason those guys played is because they haven't played very much football. Yeah. And so Nathaniel Hackett said, hey, we needed to see these guys get some live reps. How did they? How are they going to do against a real opponent? You know, a guy like Baron Browning, not not a starter, but he hasn't played a lot of football. That's what the preseason is for, for guys that haven't played a lot of football. Anybody else – They've played enough football. They know what they're going to get from him. Ajiro Evero said, I know what Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan and Bradley Chubb can do. I've seen that on the practice field. Yeah. And I think that the decision to not play these guys, it fits in with what we know about Nathaniel Hackett in terms of him being a player's coach, a new age type of coach, taking care of guys. It wouldn't really fit in my mind to be like, every third day we're going to do a jog through to make sure that you're safe. And then we're going to go throw you into a preseason game for yeah. a quarter or a half. Those two things don't mesh together. And so, you know, when you look at it as a complete picture, it's not surprising necessarily that the Broncos wouldn't play their guys in the preseason if this is their philosophy, which it seems like it is. 
Yeah, and look, like uh, Nathaniel Hackett has seen it done both ways. Yep. Do you know what I mean? He's grown up in football, the old school nature, two-a-days, grinding out through weeks and weeks of training camp. Uh, he's seen that as a coordinator. And then he said that in Green Bay, he saw the other side of it. And I, I trust that having seen both sides, he's like, I think this way's better. You know, and so you just trust the guy who has seen it been done both ways. Yeah. I will say just a guy like, say, like Baron Browning, I know there was a lot of conversation like, why is Baron Browning still playing? Why is he out there doing special teams? I think at this point, Eric, it's easy to see that at pass rusher, there are a lot of guys there. There's a lot of depth. And to me, you want to see what those guys can do. Yeah. You know, I think Malik Reed played a little bit too, right? Yeah, so Malik played You want to see series. what you got here with these guys. I think that if Jonathan Cooper is healthy – He'd play. Yep. Uh, you want to see, okay, Baron Browning, he's playing a new position. Is what we are seeing in practice for real here? Can he do this in a real game? Can he do this against other competition? Guys fighting for their jobs. And they want to see what they got with some guys like that. And to me, I think that's what the preseason is about, Eric, is like let these younger guys develop, let them get some reps, let them put some tape out there, and let's see what we got with these guys it's not so much about getting starters ready for the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I think if Baron Browning were staying at inside linebacker and starting next to Josie Jewell, there's a good chance he wouldn't have played yeah. against the Cowboys. But he had never played an NFL game at outside linebacker before. And so you need to see what you've got there. He did play less than half the snaps. And then toward the end of the game, it was just you can't have Aaron Patrick and Jonathan Congo play every single snap. They need a break here and there, which is when – you know, Baron Browning went in and Nick Benito went in. But you're right. It's The preseason is not meaningless if the starters don't play. It's just – it's evaluation. It's practice. It's a different sort of use than maybe people are, you know, accustomed to it being. Here's the one thing you've got to worry about, of course, if you don't play the starters during the preseason is the rust factor. Not the rust. Not the rust factor. The rust factor. Did you do some homework here? I did a lot of homework. You got a note? I got whole pages of notes. Note? 10, 10 to 15 pages. I'm going to read it one by one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Rams and Packers, of course, Phil, I'd say those two teams are two of the more prominent teams who do, that do not play starters. They both started 7-1 and one last year. Yep. The Packers got smacked around in week one. So you kind of wonder, was it, did they start slow because of the lack of preseason time? Nathaniel Hackett saw that firsthand. It sounds like maybe – Packers are doing a little bit more in practice uh, to get ready for that. And, again, Nathaniel Hackett mentioned that. He's seen teams that just take it way too easy. They're not doing enough in practice, and yeah. then they're not ready. So he's looking to find that balance of what can we do in practice versus um, do they need to play in games. The Rams obviously had a new quarterback last year. They were still able to start 7-1. and one. They went on to win the Super Bowl despite no preseason playing time. Brandon Staley in L.A., Phil, he's adamant that as long as he's the coach there, Justin Herbert will never play a preseason snap. They had a little bit of a rougher go. Started one-on-one, then they were four-and-three, six-and-five. Right around 500, huh? Right around 500. But they also never really got it going at all. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs. playoffs. I think they finished nine-and-eight, if I remember correctly. Um, And so I don't know that I'm ready to blame that on the preseason. That could just have been a factor of – that team wasn't ready yet. Yeah. I mean, because by the time you get to November and December, yeah. your preseason playing time doesn't matter. I mean, by week two, there should be, 
technically. This is really a us. this is really a first couple weeks of the season kind of question. Yeah, even I mean, if you play one full game, that's more work than you would get in an entire preseason. So, yep. By the time you get to week two, there should be no anything. So you know, I, I just think that we've seen teams do this and have success. Yeah. Um, and even if it is a little bit of a slow start, I think it's worth. Even if the first quarter in Seattle is a little bit rough, I think it's worth the, you know, the the trade off yeah. of not having guys get hurt. And maybe somebody else say, well, what about the operations of everything? This is a first time head coach, first time defensive coordinator. Don't you want guys to just sort of figure out, hey, this is what it sounds like in my helmet when I'm out there, this kind of stuff. Well, they're working on that in practice. Yeah, I mean, they're hearing all of this stuff all the time. So. Yeah. And Russ is, you know, he's played a lot of football, Eric. I, I just, I, I just don't think that there's much to gain by playing just a little bit here and there. Yeah. Even though that's the way it's been done for a long time, you know, um, some guys probably feel different about it. But I think the way that the Broncos going about it, it makes sense. I agree. I mean, I can see both sides of it, but it just doesn't seem worth the risk. Risk reward. The reward is that you get a little bit of work in. The, the risk is that you could be injured and ruin the entire season. So it's just not Bad worth, risk. Not worth it. Yeah. So um, I think that we're all in agreement there. Eric, uh, should we get to some uh, emails? Yeah. Hold on. It's going to take me a second to pull some of these up because we just haven't done this much in the, in the past year, past couple of weeks. Hold on a second. Okay, Jeff Flanagan. Okay. Our good friend uh, emails in here. Uh he says that I know you're still bitter about the golf tournament. Very. But Ben Swanson happened to get a shot of me next to Russell Wilson as I was waiting for an autograph on Saturday. So Jeff Flanagan came out to practice. Of course. Got to uh, get up close and personal. So um, he said that the autograph didn't turn out very well because he didn't have a thick Sharpie. Oh, Jeff. You got to have the thick you're Sharpie. Fl- you flew all the way out here and you couldn't. Couldn't spring for a thick Sharpie. But he, Ben Swanson was able to take a picture, which is nice. We love Ben Swanson. We're still upset with Ben because he didn't register us for the golf tournament. That's true. That made me a little Though, actually, though. Ben and I ended up playing in that golf tournament. And you didn't. How did that happen, Eric? That's a really good question. That's a good reveal there. I'm still bitter. I was bamboozled. Um, okay, though, he got autographs from Sam Martin, Brett Rippon, Justin Outen, all caps, the Brandon McManus, Sir Lloyd Cushenberry III, thank you, nice. Jeff. Yep. Dalton Reisner, and Josie Jewell. Nice. Yeah, and then he said Fun. he tried to get an autograph from Hall of Famer Steve Atwater, the Hoff. The Hoff? And the Hoff said no. That's what he says. Steve. I don't know. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either, Jeff. That's not the Steve Atwater That's not the that Steve we know. Um, but he says that he had an excellent time and uh, a lot of touchdowns came his way. So Many touchdowns. Uh, Kevin Finnis. Okay. Finnis. I believe I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. Good morning, Phil and Eric. Hope this email finds you all in great spirits and as excited as I am about the upcoming Broncos season. Name is Kevin with a K, non-traditional spelling. Kevin, great to Kevin. hear from you. Never heard it spelled that way. Me either. Uh, he's writing in from Richmond, Indiana, and he's been a Broncos fan since he was seven years old. Well, how old is if he's eight? That's he not very long. He lo- I don't think he's eight. Okay. He loves our banter, and it gets him really fired up. Anyway, he has some predictions, yep. and he wants to know if any of these are feasible. Okay. okay. These are stats. Russ, 5,000 yards. 
Wow. 40 plus touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions. The less than 10 interceptions is plausible. 40 might be hard. I think that's too much in year one. We've been talking about. I think 35 is would be a nice, a really nice season if Russ could Plus get to 30. Is that what you said? What did you say? I said 30. If he could get to 35, 35. that'd be really okay. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what about 5,000 yards? You too much. Too much. Okay. The Broncos are going to be a more balanced offense than that. They're going to run the ball a lot. Well, he says Javante 1,200 plus rush yards. Wow, too much. 300 receiving yards. Too much. 12 plus combined TDs. That one maybe. I don't know because Melvin gets in there a lot when he's around there. Yeah, but ball. we don't know how. I mean, if you ask Melvin, he's, he's got a nose for the end zone. Melvin's never going to get a, a carry again if you ask if you ask Melvin. It was a little bit sad. A little sad. Twelve hundred might be a lot, just the way I think that they're going to split carries. Yeah. Um, Three hundred receiving is possible. That's a lot, That's but a lot. I do think that they're going to like the throw to their running back. So. It's a lot. Okay, Sutton and Judy. 1,200 yards apiece. That's a lot. A lot? Both. This is still Kevin? 20 touchdowns between them, yeah. 20 touchdowns, wow. Now, Eric, Kevin. you and I have uh, had a little bit of a chat. A chat? I thought maybe, I kind of have a feeling maybe Judy is going to get to 10. Get to 10. I think Cortland Sutton is more likely to get to 10. Yeah. We'll have to see. We will. I think 20 is a lot. I just think that after having zero last year, I think Judy's ready if for If those guys could get to... 16 or 17 together, that would be pretty good. Touchdowns? Yeah. yeah. And then receiving yards, if they're both like around 1,000 maybe, that would be really good. Yeah. I think that would be really good. And then Chubb, he says 15 plus ta- uh, sacks. 15. I, I mean, I think that's the most realistic of any of those things that he's mentioned. 60 total tackles. Sure. Should be able to get to yeah. that. He says five force fumbles. Woo! That is high. Okay, and then we got another voicemail here, uh, Eric, from Andy Maines. Yep. Common, uh, common uh, emailer for us here. Says, big shout-out from the 860. Looked great in our first game. Everyone stepped up and looked fantastic. I know it's only a preseason game, but I'm excited to see what we can do this year. I can literally smell playoffs. Mm. Stay safe, fellas. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Andy. That's a great day. Uh, that's a great one. So some nice emails there. I yeah. Think. Did we get? Nope. That, I think that was the last one that we wanted to get to. How about some uh, voicemails? Yeah, we got a lot of listeners. Yeah, we got some nice voicemails wow. here. Yeah. Uh, let's start with uh, one from Wisconsin. Hey, neutral donor. So I got a question and comment. Uh, when are you, Phil and Eric and Sydney Jones and Alexis Perry, when are you all going to start putting content on TikTok? It's the fastest-growing social media channel in the world, and you guys should be there. Okay, so on to my uh, comment here. Oh, this is Paul Martin, by the way, from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Maybe you remember me back on the May 12th edition of Neutral Zone. You guys read an email from me saying that the Broncos should sign middle linebacker Joe Schobert. And to my delight and surprise, they did it. Now, here's something you may not know about Joe. He's uh, from West Waukesha here. I've been watching him since he was a junior in high school, and I watched all his Big 12 uh, – sorry, Big 10 games for the Wisconsin Badgers and most of his games as a pro. We evaluate him as a player. He's got plenty of good upside left. him. It's only real weaknesses in past situations, you know, but he's never going to cover up Travis Kelsey, but what linebackers are. 
But where he pays the bills is with his intelligence and his vision. He's really smart at reading the offense. He's always been um, the play caller for every defense he's ever been on. Got fantastic vision. He's always you're you know going to see him in the highlight reels because he sniffs out the ball and creates takeaways either for himself or his teammates. So um, I'm biased, I know, but I get very excited and confident that the Broncos got him. So the follow-up is, do the Broncos have any weak spots left on the team? I feel like the offensive line is maybe, but what do you guys think? Thanks, guys. Keep doing a good job. Paul, thank you very much for the voicemail there. Eric, you do have a TikTok, right? It's just private. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I planning th- to roll it out soon. Really? Yeah. You think the world's ready for that? <laughs> they are ready, I think. Will any ready of that content not. get you arrested or no. fired? It might make me a celebrity. Oh, got it. You might not be able That's to cool. talk to me anymore. That'd be nice. <laughs> I thought Waukesha, huh? Yeah, Waukesha. That's how you've always pronounced that, right? Yeah. There had been some debate in the office whether or not it was Waukesha. I don't think any but you no, said Kesha. that, I think. No, I think Ben Swanson was saying Oh, that. yeah. I said Waukesha the whole time. Of course. Of course, that's right outside of Milwaukee. Of course. Uh, that's where Joe Schobert yep. played a little high school ball there. Yeah. What uh, did you think about him uh, coming in this week? Uh, you know, I'm interested to see what happens with this inside linebacking group. Um, Josie Jewell, obviously, is going to start. Jonas Griffith, I think, starts when healthy. Um, Justin Cernod is a guy that... I think probably has the biggest special teams impact of the rest of the guys. Alex Singleton was signed in the offseason, then you just bring in Schobert. I'm a little skeptical they're going to keep five guys there, and so you wonder, you know, does that mean Singleton gets let go? Does Schobert, if, if Jonas is close at the end of the, you know, going into the 53-man roster cuts, do they say, thanks for coming out, we're going to go, we're going to stick with the guys we have? Do you try to get a Sternod buy on waivers and keep him, or do you just – Say, hey, we're going to bite the bullet and keep five guys here for uh, a couple of weeks. I'll be interested to see that. Anytime you have an injury, it changes the dynamics of the roster decisions a little bit, and that's happened at inside linebacker. Uh, so what? let me ask you this. What if Jonas has to miss like two weeks and Schobert comes in and plays well during those two weeks? Yep. Has Jonas done enough that like he won't lose his job due to injury? I don't think you can ever – say that you've done enough to avoid losing your job due to injury. I mean, yeah. it happens to players all the time that guys come in and they're just playing well and you ride them and then you see what happens. Um, I would say Jonas brings something different. He's a yeah. more, I think, he's more athletic in space, I think. Obviously a bigger guy. Jonas is a big dude. Yeah. Um, I, I saw him in the building the other day. Yeah. He had this thing on his elbow. Uh-huh. He looked like the Terminator. <laughs> okay? He looked like a machine and he's, I said, you, do you have to plug that thing in or what? How, do you reboot at night? And he, he said, that's the look I'm going Then he for. just smacked you out of the way. He's like, um, so I, I do think there's still room for Jonas. So do I. So, Any weaknesses on this roster right now, Eric? Um, you know, I, I do still think wide receiver is a position to watch just because Tim's obviously out for the season. K.J. Hamler has not been practicing. So you're going to need Montrell Washington to step up in a big way to have that speed element. Otherwise, you've got a great big-bodied receiver in Cortland Sutton who can go up and get passes. You've got a great route runner in Jerry Judy. I think they like what they see from like a Kendall Hinton and a Brandon Johnson, but um, you don't have the just take the top off speed unless Montrell is really able to make a jump here. Because, you know, he did a great job on punt return. I do think 
there were some things to clean up mm-hmm. offensively. So I'm just a little worried about that spot. Defensively, um, the defensive line depth, again, we'll just have to see. Hopefully the, the defensive line stays healthy, knock on wood. Um, but behind those guys are just some unproven players, and uh, we'll have to see how they hold up because that group gets beat up typically in an NFL season. Yeah. So. And, look, like yeah, after the preseason game, uh, Nathaniel Hackett said the run blocking was not good enough. Yep. And, obviously, that's backup offensive linemen mostly. There. Yeah. But I will say, you know, a couple of these guys have been a little banged up. We've seen uh, Sir Lloyd Cushenberry III not play this week. Yep. Practice, I mean. Uh, I just have some questions there. I just want to see how that all comes together. Because I do think that when you do the zone blocking, you have to move as a unit laterally across the field. You want some chemistry there. Yeah, of course. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, let's get to another voicemail right here. Hey, guys. I'm a regular viewer on YouTube. I'm really interested in your uh, thoughts about K.J. Hamler um, uh, making it back in time for the Seattle game. Okay, thanks. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I think that's a new voicemail caller. I think so. so. We appreciate you calling in there. What do you think? You you mentioned K.J. Hamler there. You think he'll be ready to go week one? Yeah, I'm getting a little less certain by the day. Um, Nathaniel Hackett continues to insist there has been no setback, but we haven't. He did essentially one or two team periods about two weeks ago now, and after that he came off, took his leg brace off. That was the last time we saw him do anything. He hasn't practiced now, so – if it's not a setback, they clearly decided, hey, we're not ready to, to push him into this full speed. They still do have a lot of time, you know, high 20s, low 30s number of days left before the game. Um, but if they're thinking about his long-term health and he hasn't done team yet and there's no real timeline on when he's going to do that, then I do see, think you start to wonder, you know, when is he going to be ready? If he is ready, is he going to be able to play more than 15, 20 snaps from a conditioning standpoint? And so, is it worth having him active on game day? Because he's not going to—you're not going to have him return punts. No, you're not going to have. He's not going out there on special teams and making tackles, obviously. And so, I think you just wonder what is the plan here. And Nathaniel Hackett's been pretty close to the vest with injuries, so we don't really know. But at this point, I would kind of assume, hey, let's just try to get him back at some point early in the season, even if that's not Week One, and let's make sure that there's no lingering issues because I think the last thing you want is after as hard as KJ's work to have some sort of setback where you have to go fix something else and he's out for another extended period of time yeah the ACL is always just sort of an interesting way you work back into things with it because some guys it heals up and then they feel like they're fine some guys it's like sort of a mental barrier where you're like confident that your knee is going to hold up other guys try to go out there and they try to do some stuff and then they get some swelling they get some pain still on the knee and then they have to shut it down for a little bit i just wonder what's going on with kg because every time we've heard from him he's been so confident about the health and he he feels like really sure about it so um i just wonder what um what what's been going on you know the reasoning behind it well, you know, I will say a few years ago when Bradley Chubb came back from his ACL midway through training camp, they shut him down. I think it was like a stadium practice where he tweaked his knee and people yeah, were worried. Yeah, there was a tweak there. And he, he didn't practice for a few weeks. And then yeah. he came back and he had seven and a half sacks, made a Pro Bowl. He, 
he had an impact that year. So yeah, just course. because he's not practicing right now doesn't mean he can't make a contribution this season. But obviously, for a player who's, whose game is built on speed and cutting, it is just a little concerning. Eric, uh, what would happen for the Broncos uh, from uh, a scheme standpoint? Would Montreal Washington just sort of try to fill that role, you think? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think so. You might have to adjust what you're doing with the playbook. You might not be able to take as many um, deep shots from the slot. Maybe you have to have Jerry Judy play some of that. You're just not going to have the – last year when, when the Broncos lost KJ, we heard Teddy Bridgewater, we heard um, several different guys talk about they lost the ability to push the safeties back. You know, you think about when the Broncos played Baltimore last year, um, Hollywood Brown just beat the safeties over the top. They had to then play back. The Ravens were able to complete a bunch of passes short. And so when you don't have that guy that can beat you over the top, everybody plays down. It makes running the football harder. It makes completing short to intermediate passes harder. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett said it recently. Tyrone Wheatley, the running backs coach, says, take deep shots all the time because then safety's back up. You're able keep to kind of – Keep them honest. You're able, yeah, exactly. Keep them honest, run the ball. But without a speed threat like Hamler, it becomes a little trickier. I, I think Montreal might be healthy or might be fast enough to make that happen, but we'll just have to see. It's asking yeah. a lot of him right away. Because, like, Cortland Sutton is a great deep ball receiver, but he doesn't bring the – he brings a physical size part of it. Yeah. He, well, it, he's not going to run away from you. Exactly. Like, Hamler brings a dynamic that is a little bit different where it's just a flat-out yeah. speed. Yeah. And Russ throws one of the best deep balls. Great moon ball. Moon ball. Let's go get some moon balls. Okay, one last uh, voicemail caller here. We saved the best for last, Eric. Yep. What's going on, guys? That, that, that double B trip me up again. Uh, Zach with the C here and the little baby man on my lap. Uh, we're eating. I just watched the highlights of that preseason game. And who is Seth Williams and why does he look so good? Uh, I want to hear some more about these secret receivers we got. Hiding. Kendall Hinton had a great game. Seemed to really be, you know, is he going to make the squad? Is he replacing Tim Patrick? Do we have to worry? Do we have the guys to cover the holes of Tim Patrick? Um, the baby is, is not touch and go. He is very well. And also, uh, I want to shout out Lewis Hamilton for now becoming part owner in the uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, you know, he is a winner. Winner, winner. Um, I like the F1 chat you guys had going on. I've been an F1 fan for like six or seven years now. Uh Go Broncos, roll country! Hey. Zach, thank you very much for that. Uh, I guess uh, voicemailers are also getting involved in the shout-outs. Yeah, I like you know, that. Shout-outs. Lewis yeah, Hamilton, great addition. That's, that's a good shout-out. Sir out. Lewis Hamilton. Sir. Very Lewis impressive. Hamilton. Yes. We haven't met him we yet. We have not met him, no. Hoping he swings by at some point. Maybe with a Mercedes or something? Yeah. You think? Could be. Yeah. The garage. Do you think that our um, car sponsorship is going to change just because of him, or what do you think? I, I don't know. Yeah. Our luxury brand. That's It's possible. Uh, yeah. Would you go on a ride with him, do you think? Yes. Or, yes, so would I. That'd be cool. Yeah. I've seen uh, you, I think you posted a, yeah, one with Russ. Russ yeah. yeah. It would Russ be was like, ah. Exciting. He's like, whoa. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> is that good uh, to hear that the baby is yeah, doing what? great? You feel bad about what you said then last week, or what'd you say? <laughs> I didn't you, say that. You said, he was, you said the baby was touch and go. I was taken out of context. Okay. I was misquoted. Zach, I believe uh, Zach's kid is three months old now. That's what so. uh, he, I think he said that in a different voicemail. Yeah, I left a couple of voicemails. The double beep does, it is a little confusing. It's tough. It's yeah. tricky to get a hold of. 
Eric, one thing that's clear with these voicemails is that people want to know what's going on at wide receiver. Yeah. I think the preseason game sort of sparked that just because so many of these guys, fans don't really know that much about them, all made a lot of good plays. And so you're wondering, okay, who is this guy? Is this guy for real? Some of those guys, uh, Jalen Virgil made some nice plays in the second half. Brandon Johnson. Did you know who Jalen Virgil was before the game? Eric. I cover this team for a living. Okay. If I don't know the players, what am I doing here? That's a, that's a question. Okay. Definitely, it's definitely a I question. Know, I know this roster. Yeah. Jalen Virgil, uh-huh. Brandon Johnson, Kendall Hinton made some nice plays. Seth Williams had uh-huh. a touchdown. Where did Brandon Johnson go to college? Uh, University of Central Florida. I think. I don't think that that's right. Is it? I think he's a, a knight. I think he went to Southeast Missouri State. Somebody went to Central Florida. You want to look it up? Yep. Keep talking about the wide receivers. Tell me what you think. Well, I do think that um, they're going to want another big body guy. Yeah. And I think that Brandon Johnson could be that guy to fill um, for Tim Patrick. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Keep talking. I was just wondering if you had it yet. You know, because if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing Eric – Got to preview. You got to keep you in line. I didn't know that it was this hard to look up where someone went oh to school. Oh my gosh! You just yeah. you don't have anything else to See say. A cats guy? No, I thought that uh, Brandon Johnson or Seth Williams might be that bigger guy. I do think that Kendall Hinton will make this team. I think he's done enough. You were correct. Central Florida. Well, I'm sorry, you didn't say it loud enough. You were correct, Phil. There's a first yeah. time, certainly for everything. <sighs> Is John Jornad watching? Let's just pause the show for a little bit so I can enjoy this moment. Maybe Travis Fulgham go there? Somebody went there, and now it's no longer there. Anyway, let's, we'll just scrub this from the show. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that Brandon Johnson right now would be that guy that they keep. But I do think that Seth Williams has done a lot. He's gone in some games uh, previously. Um, went to Auburn, obviously. You knew that, right? You of course. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you knew that one. But, yeah, Seth Williams, I think uh, these guys are going to have to continue to perform, though, in, in this week against the, the Bills and then uh, in the preseason finale against the Vikings. But, um, you know, I think that there's obviously a slot open there, a wide receiver. To me right now, Brandon Johnson may have the edge. Yeah, I think Kendall Hinton probably has the edge, even though he's not quite the same type of body. I would give, him, give Brandon Johnson kind of a slot above Seth Williams. Though I would say with Brandon Johnson – he had some nice catches, four catches, I think, but also had a couple of drops. Had a, had a pass go through his hand in joint practice that led to an interception. So he can't afford to make those sorts of mistakes. You've got to be somewhat perfect if you want to make the team as an undrafted guy. Uh, but right now it looks like he has the best shot of being an undrafted rookie to make the team. Well, let's Sutton, yep. Judy, mm-hmm. Hamler if he's healthy. Well, he'll, he'll right? be on the 53 anyway. Montrell. Yeah. And then – yeah, I would say Hinton and then maybe Brandon Johnson. Yeah, because Hinton also has the ability to be a backup punt returner if you need that. Backup quarterback. <laughs> yep. A Hall of Famer. The man's a Hall of Famer. Okay? That's true. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the- um, I would say something else to watch out for is, well, one, the competition's not over, as you mentioned. It's going to go right through these final two preseason games. You've got to put good stuff on tape. You've got to play well. I think the second element to it is, is that if somebody plays really well and doesn't make the team – it's an opportunity for the Broncos to get some draft capital for next year. You saw them do that with Trinity Benson last year. 
a guy that people thought would push for a roster spot, ended up getting a fifth-round pick for him from Detroit. Broncos obviously don't have a lot of picks next year, so maybe a guy like uh, Seth Williams plays really well down the stretch here, and you say, okay, well, now we got a choice between Brandon Johnson and Seth Williams. We like both of them. Let's see if another team wants to give us a pick. Hard to uh, trade a guy when other teams know that you've got too much wealth there, you know. But yeah. somehow George Payne's been able to do that. Somehow he gets his guy. I don't know how he does that. Gets but their guy it. for his pick. Who was the LSU cornerback uh, that he traded? He, tr- he traded. Um, he never played for the Broncos, but. Kerry Vincent Jr. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he traded him from. He yeah. was a seventh round pick, I think, and they turned and they him into a sixth. a sixth. Never ever played, and he just b- upgraded the pick. George is a genius. I don't know how he does it. It makes you wonder. Yeah. You know how he how he was there in Philly. He's thinking, uh, I gotta I think, have this. I think guy. he got cut in Philly. But wow, got the pick. Nice move for George. Yep. Yeah, Georgie, Georgie gets his guy. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. All right, Eric. Uh, so thank you very much to everybody who action-packed show. Voicemails we got. Yeah. Emails we had. Comments. YouTube comments. Yep. The only Twitter comments we usually get are, "Hey, where's the show? Why hasn't it been posted yet?" That's okay. They 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 care. They do care. Yeah. We're back Thursday yep. morning. We're ready. We're back. We're ready, we're ready, to ready to rock. To yeah, it's beautiful. Eric, let's get the shoutouts. Let's do it. Shout out Liz Gerald's. Of course. What's it's been going great on? Great community. The London Raffle is still going. The London Raffle is out of control. Right oh, now. my gosh. Yeah, so many raffle tickets. Personally, it's out of control. So many raffle tickets have been sold, but great yeah. to see. Yeah. Great to Anything see. Anything else that you want to shout out? There was a nice moment. Uh, I think there were some children's hospital patients out of practice the other day. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, Russell Wilson, some of the other yes. players had went over there, uh, spoke to him, spent some time talking to him. It was a Russ nice moment. tweeted. He said, this is what it's all about. Yeah. I agree. That's nice, pretty, pretty nice cool to moment. see. Yeah, obviously, shout out Liz Geralds. Any other shout outs? Well, we could we could shout out uh, Damani Leach, new team president. Yeah, Damani Leach. I think yeah, we very annou- sharp guy. I think we announced that after uh, our last show. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But he was at the game on Saturday night. Yeah, worked at the league office for a very long time. NFL international has some college football experience. Yep. Pretty sharp guy. Yeah, we, uh, we both have gotten a chance to, to chat with him. Really nice guy, really sharp guy. I think he's going to be good for this company. I think Broncos fans should be excited about the leadership that's in place. Yeah, one thing he mentioned is just constantly being thinking about how are we going to advance? How are we thinking about the future? How, ways to be the best? Yeah. That's always a good line of thinking, I think. So Survive and advance. Shout out. Seems like every week there's new, new someone joining. Yeah, the I heard there's going to be a new podcast host next week. Really? I heard there might be two new <laughs> Really? Yeah. You heard that? I heard that, too. Yeah, there might be two more. So we'll see. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us. Any, anything else you want to say? I don't think no? so. Okay, I think that's been a good show. Uh, we'll uh, have the whole Buffalo game broken down next week. Yeah. Hey, look ahead to the Vikings one. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what we're going to talk yeah. about next? Who knows? Who knows? All right, until then, for Eric Dalla, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.